So hi, this is let's discuss a paper after reading it. And we have read the paper on consciousness research in two hours. Then now we are going to discuss our thought and question frankly. So first we will introduce ourselves. Please, Aniko. Hi, my name is Aniko Kustar and I am a PhD student at Monash University. Thank you. Yota, please. Um, hi, I'm Yota Koshima. I'm a research assistant at Etihad Monash University. Thank you, Yota. And I am Yoichi Watanabe, and a doctoral student at Kyoto University, Japan. So today we will discuss the following paper the From Shorter to Longer Time Scales Converging Integrated Information Theory with the Temporal Spatial Theory of Consciousness. And written by Norzok and Zilio, published by Entropy, 2022, February. The main argument of this paper, as I read it, is the interaction between reactivity, conscious content, and a time span or time scale. So, firstly, the author has extended the time span of the IAT. In general, IAT integrates momentary conscious experience on content and brain activities such as 100 to 300 milliseconds. However, such short time span is not enough to explain the integration of complex content or complex content and consciousness experience and the stream of consciousness. So the TTC proposed the two stage of integration in addition to the IIT time range. The first stage is like as the IIT, so integrate of contents, uh, 100 to 300 mils, no, sorry, 100 to 300 milliseconds. Then the second stage, the integration of multiple contents, right, 300 milliseconds to three seconds. And the third stage, the integration into the stream of consciousness over three uh, seconds. Then next, the author argues that not only stimulus-driven brain activity, but also pre-stimulus or the background brain activity is important. Furthermore, they show that the pre-stimulus brain activity and stimulus-driven brain activity do not simply add up, but inter interaction interact. For example, if the pre-stimulus activity is high, like the, the level of arousal is high, or if the brain is ready to respond to the stimulus the stimulus-driven brain activity will be high, or the post-stimulus brain activity will be high and long-lasting. So these interactions are related to the integration of the conscious content, like multiple content, and the stream of consciousness. And finally, they also discuss the relationship between conscious experience or content and time span and brain activity. 
So our uh, information about stimuli and the brain activity are integrated around the time span, like stage one, stage two, stage three. And this is reflected in the conscious experience. For example, when we hear the sound of a gun, bam, the interpretation of the gun sound and the conscious content of the gun differ dependent on the state of consciousness before the stimuli. So if we have a presentation of a sporting event or a stadium in our stadium, the sound of a gun means the start of competition. Or if we have a representation of being in the forest, and it means the gun sound means that the hunter has caught his prey. Yeah, so, in, and also in this article, we have learned a simple interpretation of PTC. So if we want to know more about the theory, this theory, you need to read previous studies. And this is my summary. And please um, add some information if needed, or let's start the discussion. Yeah, I don't have anything to add. Yeah, me either. So let's discuss. Do you have a comment or question? So this is my comment. Um, I think what they claim is understandable, meaning that um, IIT does not consider the temporal integration and the example they um, showed in this paper, the blue book ex uh, example uh, is understandable, saying that the, in IAT, the integration means that, let's say, if we see a blue book, you can't see only a, you know, the book itself without blue color or the blue color without, you know, book. And we can apply this kind of, you know, analysis to the temporal scale, meaning that, let's say, you can say that, um, you know, we have a experience or the content of consciousness at the given moment but in a sense, how we can define that moment or how we can distinguish one moment from the other, meaning that all you know, conscious experience or sequence of conscious experiences are all integrated. So we can't distinguish one experience from the other. And that's, I understand that part. And based on this, uh, or their crane, um, they introduce, you know, the multiple time scale thing, and then I, what I could not understand was the difference between the, you know, the middle range time scale and the largest, uh, the longest um, time scale, meaning that, um, you know, at first at the in the shortest time scale. Um, or within the shortest the time scale, the contents within one ex uh, sorry the components within one experience is integrated, 
on the middle range uh, time scale, the each contents are kind of related with each other. I think this kind of related to the priming or something, meaning that the you know previous experience can affect the next coming experiences. That's the middle range time scale. And the last one is the con you know the relation or integration between one content with the stream of consciousness. Um, I could not understand what's the difference between the first, uh, sorry, the second one and the third one. And also there's another thing I could not understand and that is the difference between the background and the context. In, I think the subsection, the four, chapter four, they introduce or explain these, the two different concepts. And for the context, uh, what they said that is that the um, context is related to the possible, you know, contents that can occur in the next step or something like that. So meaning that we have one experience, but before, you know, experience that experience, um, we can have, uh, you know, many possible, you know, experiences, let's say A, B, C, D, F, G, blah, blah, blah. The out of, with, out of them, we perceive or have a one experience. And that, you know, the possibility before I experience something can be considered as a context. And that's my understanding. But the Regarding the background, I could not understand is um, according to them, um, the background allows to put, you know, the contents or the input within the context of ongoing activity. Um, I don't know what does it mean, but what, what did you understand what they meant? And if so, can you clarify that? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I yeah, agree with what you said. Mm. So yeah, background right, background reactivity is like the so level of consciousness means arousal or I so I I also I can't understand this uh, detail, but so level of consciousness means arousal level or the and I I also wondering the relation between the default mode network is also the resting state of reactivity. And also, it's related to the uh, background activity, but uh, also, but there's a study that the yes, the, the default mode network and the executive function network is switching. So, not always default mode network is uh, happen in the background. So yeah, I understand what. Why mm, the 
I am I I'm also wondering the background. Uh, Deary, uh, Deary, showing the background background preactivity or the difference between the preactivity or and the background activity. Just my. Um, in relation to your first uh, question about uh, the middle section, so they, uh, the authors differentiate between um, like this very short uh, 100 to 300 milliseconds and then uh, the next level is 300 milliseconds to three seconds and then there's the three seconds longer than three seconds time period and then so you were unsure about the 300 milliseconds to three seconds right i mean in i might be mistaken here but i think this is perhaps coming from neurological or like brain activity and um i actually haven't i am not familiar with the papers that they are referring to but i think there are some evidence showing that uh like in this range, uh, you know, previous content can determine the next content, I guess, with the predictions and as such. Um, so I guess you can potentially find direct neural evidence um, showing that like the, the effect of the stimulus within this short range, short term or like mid term range. Um, more clearly or, or more explicitly, I guess, yeah, because if you just look at like, okay, we want to evidence that uh, um, some kind of input effects or some kind of um, the content of consciousness affects a stimuli more than three seconds or, or longer than three seconds, that's like quite, I think quite difficult. But I understand that it's like theoretically it is of course possible, but just, yeah, methods wise. It's challenging. I, I see. I mean, yeah. Uh, given some biological evidence, we can, you know, put some time scales. I a bit clear. What does the time scale reflect or capture? Um their explanation, I just couldn't understand what they, you know, how they, you know, distinguish the middle versus the, the longest one. But, mm. and yeah, I think that's all my, you know, questions and comments. <laughs> So, mm. um, so I have a somewhat related question. I was wondering about the, um, yeah, I guess it depends on again in, in how you define these, these time scales, but um, in, the, uh, in the section of the paper when, when they are talking about the, uh, the role of pre-stimulus activity in uh, influencing the stimulus-related response. Um, 
yeah, I, I have, I had definitely, like, I think uh, it's very easy to agree with this uh, proposal, uh, like this idea, but then um, I think it becomes very difficult where I can't really think of uh, uh, a lot of like clever ways to examine the limit of this, this uh, effect. Uh, like how long, like what is the range, how strong uh, a certain activity, is it, is it actually a meaningful question? Um, yeah, so they mentioned about this activity level or intensity. Um, but I, I, I couldn't quite understand. Um, yeah other than in very specific experimental conditions, how would this work uh, in day-to-day in -day life? Hmm. So hmm. I think as a context or background, we can consider many things and here they mentioned that they did not consider other or what they meant is not that memory per se but we can also think about the memory as a background of the context and if so the time scale will be really you know large so my you know understanding is that the limit of this time scale as you mentioned can be dependent on what you consider as a context or background. Mm. But um, probably or possibly, you know, even though one our conscious experiences are temporarily integrated, we definitely have you know, the discrete part in the stream, meaning that, you know, the, uh, you know, the sleep and wake cycle, meaning that during the uh, awake state, we have, you know, one integrated stream of conscious, you know, contents. But after uh, for sleep, that's disappeared. And then, the experience from, let's say, the yesterday is definitely not integrated with uh, today's experience, I think. Because, you know, if we can think about the, or the stream as a string, uh, we have like a, only one string for one day, and then after three, you know, another string and then after sheep. And then I think what they meant is just an integration within this one chunk or the, of experiences during one day. So if that's the case, mem mem memory cannot be a context or the background but still i don't know 
Yeah, but what do you think about you know this interpretation or the the you know the sleep and wake cycle within this framework? Do you think we still have you know one you know stream uh stream of consciousness hold that right or are they you know separated or not integrated? I mean, I think the difficult thing is here is that um, how you de how do you define uh, the like this stream of consciousness or or kind of uninterrupted because um, so something that comes to mind is uh, or to my mind is is mind blanking and um, we have this project um, about it but uh, again there is also a lot of different um, evidence on uh, for example. Um, this kind of, I think certain meditative practices can also induce this contentless experience. Uh, but then also for so just staying sticking with the example of mind blanking, um, how basically it is defined as um, just having no experience. If you ask someone that they were thinking about it or, or listening to a thought or paying attention to a, a task, they were just like, they say, no, no, I, I was just, my mind was blank. Um, and in these situations, of course, they know, like, probably they, they haven't slept or, or I mean, again, um, mm, yeah, so it's 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 difficult to uh, to to argue that for sure. But uh, yeah, so I I wonder whether you know this kind of uh, you know zoning out experience or just like yeah these kind of interruptions of your um, you know in your in your subjective experience uh, wouldn't they also kind of segment this. And then also people do nap sometimes in during the day would that would that then completely interfere with this so uh, I am fairly uh, skeptical about. Uh, yeah like sticking with sleep as a marker for a certain period because. Um, yeah it's it gets. yeah I think it does there's a lot of different like sleeping habits and also. Um, to be honest, I wouldn't say that uh, um, my experience from this morning, or if I have to differentiate between this morning and between last night, I would have a very clear, like, different experience because it's all of them. It's like this is now in the afternoon, so <laughs> um, so both of them for me, kind of in the past, <laughs> and not even though I, I completely recognize that there was a, a section of unconsciousness for me between the night and, and the morning. But in, again, this is just my subjective experience. I, I don't feel any more related or closer or um, vivid. Um, or I, I don't feel as my morning is more vivid than my last night. How about you guys? I see, like, probably the way how I explain the scale, the time scale is not good. But I think in order to answer your 
your question. Uh, if we can, you know, quantify that temporal integration, possibly we can, you know, explain that the, you know, the mind blanking or the sleep, something like that. And during the mind blanking, probably the temporal integration will be low and can be, you know, somewhat similar to the sleep. But if you are not, you're just a free awake and you have a clear uh, experience, then the temporal integration will be higher than, you know, the other, you know, mind-breaking kind of states. But I think what, in this paper, they proposed one measure on the trial to trial variance. And I don't think that, you know, measure will explain the, you know, mind blanking kind of, you know, the temporal integrations. So for that, we need to, you know, have another measure, I think, because the trial, trial, uh, trial to trial variance is only for the, you know, stimulus presentation. Um, you know, you kind of, you know, just measure the variance in the post-stimulus period, given the pre-stimulus activity or something. So, oh, what do you mean? I mean, you can you could measure EEG activity continuously and then look at the post-stimulus, like for example, an ERP. Uh, but if, for, if you, for example, show people's faces. Um, I see, but like the, mm, I see, but in order to investigate the mind breaking, for example, that state should be within the post-stimulus, right? Or probably not, yeah. Yeah, maybe we can compute or use that measure to capture that, but definitely not for sleep. I because even though ah, if we use the um, auditory stimulus, probably we can do that, not the visual stimulus. Ah, uh, so then you know, yeah, maybe we can compute the temporal integration with this like TTV, the time to uh, trial to trial variance. Yeah, I guess, but to be honest, like I, I am not quite clear how it would work, um, mm. you know, in practice, but, but yeah, you could definitely, um, I, yeah, I, I think that, that 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 could be solved in multiple ways, potentially. Mm -hmm. yeah. Let's see. And my, my thought related to your discussion for the director so yesterday's me and uh, the morning me is uh, is the is the uh, 
stream of consciousness or not. And I think Yota's point is just the additional time scale, right? So self-constructed self consciousness or the episodic right, time scale span. So I, know, I think this paper's uh, stream of consciousness is more narrow, narrow or small time scale. Like the, I think the, the this this discussion time or uh, when we see the movie or something, it like this point this time scale is like the the also are discussed in this paper. I think so. So, and I my interpretation that now the stimulus evoked activity is now. I I don't go that English, so in listening English and understand your comments and question. But before we pre I prepare the English practice, I, I can easily or easily to listen or understand your English. This is like the high press stimulus activity. And after uh, discussion, I I can uh, speak English more, uh, a little bit frequently than before I prepared the English. So I think so. This this level of the time scale, I think the author uh, discussed the uh, story of consciousness. No, and uh, uh, yesterday and uh, a three before the sleep or after sleep, the of the consciousness is, I think, more, more larger or more wider times time scale of this uh, context. I think, and and also it it this uh, situation in the life life lifetime, right? For me, so just uh, add my thought about your discussion. And also, I have a little simple question. That what mean the spatial in this theory? I think in this paper, they only focused on the temporal aspect of, you know, temporal spatial, you know, theory. But I guess the, um, what they mean is that the spatial scale in the brain meaning that whether you consider um, one brain region as a computational unit or mm -hmm. uh, let's say column or the neuron as a one computational unit, that kind of, you know, thing mm -hmm. I get. Yeah, yeah, I agree that I think it's, this comes from um, more neuroscientific uh, kind mm -hmm. of, uh, shorthand of, of uh, 
when you are talking about EEG or fMRI data, usually you would have a lot of like temporal and then a spatial um, signal, so to say, and then you would compare um, spatial or temporal spatial patterns because they have a temporal and also a spatial segment. So uh, I'm, I'm not sure if this was actually related to space in the outside world. Mm -hmm. I see. But that, that, I think it's a good, it's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's weird to consider multi-scale only at the temporal scale mm -hmm. without considering the you know, spatial scale. So what does the multi, you know, scale in space, what does this mean? Is a, I think, a question. Uh, um, mm, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, that, that IIT have this space information, right? What, what do you mean? For, for, for IIT, also, the brain area is important, right? So, so this, this TCC are expand the time scale from the IIT, right? And also, space spatial information is also expand, or the, the spatial information is the same between IIT or uh, so first about the space, the experience of space, the IIT mm -hmm. 3.0 did not explain about the experience of space. Mm -hmm. And the what they said is that there should be some mechanism of consciousness and should be defined in terms of the temporal and spatial scale, meaning that the, the you know, the mechanism should have a specific time scale for consciousness and also has some, you know, so-called kind of computational unit mm -hmm. in some space. So the question is whether the neuron is the mechanism or the brain region is the mechanism of that kind of stuff. And here, they are nothing to do with the experience of space. Mm. And that's, you know, what, you know, explained in IT 3.0, I think, and um, after that, um, in uh, yeah, entropy, two, e two years ago, or mm -hmm. last year, I think two years ago, uh, uh, Andrew Hong and uh, Toroni, Julio Toroni published a paper about the experience of space. And mm -hmm. um, he, or they introduced a um, concept of relations. And I think you, if you are interested in that, you know, space, you can read that paper. But the, what they claim is that, you know, within one experience, any experience, we have an, you know, underlying some kind of space experience, mm -hmm. and that space is composed of many relations. Meaning that, you know, first, it, the space can be considered as an, you know the combination of many, like a space, small space. I don't know whether it's correct to or the term or not. And then each small regional space or location has relation. Let's say 
intersection relation or union or exclusion or things like that. And these kind of all relations are important to define somehow the experience of space. And then that kind of relation should be observed at the neural mechanism as well. And then in the paper, they introduced you know, the relations for, or how we can compute the relation in IIT. Mm. And yeah, so, uh, okay. So in that sense, maybe the, not the time scale, the scale, multi-scale space, mm. spatial scale can be the, you know, inclusion relation mm. possibly, meaning that the small region can be included, uh, you know, this large region. And then again, this large region can be included like this big, you know, region and you know here we can see the difference in scale but i don't know whether you know this ttc explained about you know this kind of the hierarchy of space i see Mm. Um, I think we've already discussed uh, roughly like uh, 40 minutes. And yeah. Does anyone have uh, any questions or comments? I think this paper is uh, not the, you know, just a suggestion paper. So we'll see what we can say or develop their idea for, you know, own projects. Um, should we wrap up the discussion here or do you want to say anything? Okay, if not, yeah. then, or, See, see you next week. Yeah, Yay. see you.